Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubicalist. Today, I'm recording on a Saturday, which is very strange. Doesn't affect you, though, probably, so why do I bring it up? I don't know. I don't know why I do a lot of these things, including the podcast, just period. Why am I doing it? I don't know. If you know why, I'd love to hear from you. Something I say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. There may not be spoilers, but this just warns of them just in case. It's to cover my ass. Although, if I didn't do it and spoiled something, I don't believe anyone would complain. (laughs) Take that, spoiler police. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, I would love... If you give me a million dollars. You probably don't have a million dollars. And even if you did, you probably wouldn't want to give it to me just because I asked. What you might do out of the goodness of your heart is go into the old iTunes and rate, comment, subscribe on this podcast. Because that is what podcasts like. They like those things. So please consider doing so. Alright, uh, I'm going to push a button, uh, despite the fact that it's Saturday, i got a shit ton of stuff to do, i got a busy, busy weekend, uh, behind the scenes action, the missus is away, oh, and when the missus is away, the kids will play, meaning me, who's a big kid, uh, so yeah, uh, she went to uh, the cottage, as she does like maybe once a year or so, uh, with like her moms and stuff. Uh, so uh, I got the host to myself, uh, recording a podcast, I'm cooking a meal in a crock pot, big piece of beef, uh, what else do I got? Uh, I'm having a movie marathon, oh, uh, episode 370, which will be the one after this, you will see the results of said movie marathon, uh, I, I just uh, did a little housework, really living it up, living it up, loving an elevator. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Jack the Jackalope Roberts. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, what do I got? Five movies. Oh, aggressive. Uh, movie the first, Down Periscope. Yes, this classic 1996 uh, uh, comedy. <laughs> Uh, I think, sadly, this may be my third viewing of this movie. It's really not a good movie, um, but there's something about it that, if you're in the mood for a 
uh, again, I'll say it, as I just did, a classic 90s comedy flick. This really is the definition of that. Um, Kelsey Grammer, in one of his very, very few uh, movie roles, didn't do a lot in the way of movies, and perhaps, <laughs> I could be wrong, I think this was like the first and last movie, basically, he ever did. Uh, it was not well received, nobody really cares for it, I do, there's just something about it. It's that ragtag group of people uh, coming together um, and despite the fact that if this were to happen in real life and this group of people were given a task, they would most likely fail. In movie land, they do not. They persevere. Um, the task is Kelsey Grammer is a, a naval commander. He's given a real shitty old piece of garbage uh, submarine. Like, from the 50s, 40s, whatever. Uh, he's given a really shit crew, sort of the dregs of the Navy, and forced to complete a task. I won't even go into it, because there's no point. Um, Rating-wise, there's dumb laughs, definitely. Uh, I'll probably go four, which is ridiculous. The fact that I'm giving this movie a four out of five is embarrassing. I'm embarrassed to say it, so I'm going to quickly move on to... Oh, uh, The Train Robbers. This is from 1973. Uh, the aforementioned Mrs. went to the in-laws uh, last weekend, um, caught the last... Uh, like, I only maybe didn't see the first half hour of this movie, caught the last half with my father-in-law, uh, and it's probably my first John Wayne movie experience. Uh, like, I may have seen little five-minute chunks here and there, but never sort of sat down to watch one. And I gotta say, it was a pretty good movie. Uh, rating-wise, would I watch it again? I don't think I would watch it again, uh, now that I've seen it. So, that means it gets a three out of five. Enjoyed while watching, but wouldn't watch again. Three out of five. There you go. Uh, basically, uh, as the name indicates, it's about train robbers. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. Uh, there's this girl whose husband robbed a train. Um, she's trying to get the money and return it so she doesn't go to jail. Uh, because I didn't see the first half hour, it's a little fuzzy in the old noggin. Uh, there is a twist at the end that I did not see coming, and probably people in 1973 definitely did not see coming. And I'll just leave that at that for you to go experience the John Wayne western flick the train robbers uh okay movie the third trumbo uh, another sort of period flick uh in 1947 dalton trumbo was hollywood's top screenwriter until he and other artists were jailed and blacklisted for their political beliefs uh, so this is something you've probably heard of blacklisting it was, was a sort of thing back in these times where if you were or were even presumed to be a communist, uh, you got put on a quote-unquote list. Did that list actually physically exist with names on it? I don't know. Was it just a sort of list that people had in their heads of, oh, this guy's a commie, let's not hire him or her, but probably him. Um, uh, uh, this movie stars, and sort of this doesn't greatly interest me this topic per se but uh, it starred brian cranston who's friggin awesome and everything including this uh rating wise 
Yeah, it didn't blow me away just because the subject matter. I suppose there's interest of, and it was a long movie. How long was it? Two hours and four minutes. It's yeah. I'm gonna go three. Uh, this is the other sort of movie that a professional reviewer would probably watch and go, "This is amazing." But uh, I'm unprofessional, and I just let flow what may. Okay. Uh, last movie, Helen Back. Oh yeah, uh, this is a Netflix original. Uh, Alright, I wasn't going to pause, but uh, I will. Uh, so, uh, two best friends set out to rescue their pal after he's accidentally dragged to hell. Uh, this is all stop motion? You know what it doesn't say. It looks like stop motion. I presume it's stop motion, which is impressive. Always. Uh, and beautiful to behold. Any sort of stop motion movie always just sort of uh, the 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 the, <laughs> the type of movie where you can pause it and take a picture of the screen and you know hang it on your wall usually just because they're so beautiful to behold. Uh, my sort of main takeaway from this movie that shocked me the most was the cast. Just an like mind-blowing number of voices you will recognize. Let me run down a few just to give you an idea. Uh, Nick Swarzen, Swarzen, Nick Swarzen, Mila Kunis, Bob Odenkirk, T.J. Miller, Rob Riggle, Susan Sarandon, Danny McBride, Maria Banford, Lance, ba- Lance Bass, uh, H. John, John Benjamin, uh, Jennifer Cusack, lots of friggin' names in this. Uh, and you'll recognize a lot of them if you uh, you know, do <laughs> what? Uh, rating wise, uh, I did enjoy it. Uh, I'd probably go uh, a solid four out of five. There's definitely some laughs, uh, and laughs combined with the, the the beauty of a stop motion. You know, it's a uh, good. It's, I'm looking at IMDb. It's got a five point three out of ten, which is you know not very good. But again, I'm not professional. I like things, and I say it. No matter what the consequences. Television talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Pooh Frozen Yogurt and Frozen Pooh Yogurt. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, so uh, just the other day... Oh, you know, I suppose I could have done more than one. Uh, anyways, uh, started watching a program by the name of... What the hell am I saying and hiccuping? A program called Nathan For You. May have heard of it, may have not heard of it, I don't know. Your brain. Uh, Nathan For You is an American docu-reality comedy television series starring Canadian comedian Nathan Fielder. That's straight from the Wikipedia there, but it gives a very concise little snippet. Uh, One thing about Nathan Fielder I did want to say, which is kind of cool, is uh, from the podcast Comedy Bang Bang, uh, if you're familiar with that, sometimes they play a game called Would You Rather, sometimes people submit... Uh, would-you-rather scenarios such as myself. Sometimes they're chosen, like the one that I'm talking about right now. Sometimes they're played by Nathan Fielder. So uh, that's a little connection Nathan and I have 
that I submitted a would-you-rather scenario, and he played with it on Comedy Bang Bang. Why am I bringing this up? I don't know. Okay, so what this is, is this strange, strange Canadian man, <laughs> presumably mostly acting this way and not really this way, but uh, some of his personality, I assume, is seeping through to this strange dude, strange, seemingly lonely dude, uh, will go to businesses uh, and give them ideas to try to help their businesses. For example, episode one, we've got a frozen yogurt shop that's not doing too well. What do you do? You invent a flavor of frozen yogurt that tastes like shit, literally. Tastes like feces. Uh, you then get that on the news, it sort of goes viral, a lot of people come in and just for the, I guess, ability to say, yeah, I tasted frozen yogurt that tastes like shit. People are weird, people are weird. Oh, uh, I think my favorite part of the show, uh, possibly The Misses as well, which I should mention, this is a show that The Misses and I are watching together, uh, is the fact that Nathan Fielder seems to be a weird person magnet. Uh, almost by accident. Maybe by accident at first, and then he just sort of lets it flow. Let flow what may. Uh, and it's delightful. Uh, on these shows, somehow, some way, he finds the weirdest people just in existence. Like, there was one seemingly normal girl. Uh, it was like a dating app, uh, a dating website. Uh, she was on the date, and then they sort of showed clips of her talking about, like, 9-11 conspiracies. She was like a conspiracy nut. Uh, <laughs> what else? Uh, there's a guy who, and I'm debating whether he's an actor or not, who's a, a security guard, but is distracted by women with big boobs, which, let's be honest, who isn't? Uh, you gotta watch the show for yourself and, and, and tell me if I'm right in this thought that people he interacts with are not normal people for the most part. And seemingly it's random. Like, he'll just get lucky with weirdos. Uh, okay, so uh, rating-wise, uh, I should say that we're up to season three, so I don't know why I just wrote season one. Maybe I'll change that. Uh, sorry, anyways, uh, rating-wise, definite 5 out of 5. Great, big, deep belly laughs in every single episode so far. There's a sort of underlying awkwardness of Nathan Fielder. Uh, a sort of almost blatant desire for him to be liked by those he is talking with. Uh, also a desire quite often to be friends. <laughs> and then uh, be shot down for... Uh, trying to build friendships, which is sad, uh, cringy. You, you will cringe a lot at some of the things he does, seemingly not acting, seemingly his own personality. Really, really an incredible show. Highly recommend Nathan for me. I mean you. Today's book banter sponsor is Coombe Valley Memorial Igor Hospital. Thank you for that sponsorship. Uh, okay, so uh, today we're talking thud. 
by Terry Pratchett. I love a title with an exclamation point right in it. Thud. Uh, this is where, and this is one of the very rare occasions where I thought of something I wanted to say before the end. This is usually probably very obvious. Uh, and that is to get a little audience participation, or at least attempt to, uh, and, and I'm going to explain something, and if you have the same feeling about anything, I want you to contact me and let me know what it is. Okay, let me explain. Uh, Terry Pratchett is my favorite author, just sort of period, full stop. He passed away, and I had read probably 80% of his books or so, like I'm up to thud. Uh, and I'm reading them in the order they were published. Uh, there's other orders you could read these in, but I'm just going publishing order. That's that's fine. Uh, anyways, um, I sort of came to the realization that uh, there would be a time in my life, probably if I was going at the pace that I was, that I would reach the end of Terry Pratchett novels, and because he had passed away, there wouldn't be any more. There wouldn't be any new ones. Uh, that sort of freaked me out because of my love of these books. So uh, I started slowing down my reading of them. Uh, it's probably... I haven't read one since he passed away. So I think that was probably getting close to two years ago. Um, and I've had this sort of feeling with podcasts where I knew they weren't on anymore. Or I knew that once I was caught up... Uh, I talked about this with, Har with Harmontown. Once I was caught up with episodes, I would knew I would be relegated to only one a week, so I sort of slowed down. Uh, I want to know from you listening to this, does that ever happen to you? Do you ever realize that something is finite, uh, and despite the fact that you would love to just plow through it as quickly as possible because of your love of it, you sort of pull back, you slow down, you realize, oh man, this is almost over, I better not experience it. Uh, it's it's silly on some levels, like what if I were to get hit by a truck tomorrow? I'm not leaving the house, so I would have to plow into my house, and that would be weird. But uh, then I would have not read the rest of these books, because I had decided to spread them out, spread the love. Anyways, let's talk about the actual book itself. That was just sort of a thought I had and wanted to get your opinion on. Thud. Yes, this is a Discworld novel. Discworld is a world that is shaped like a disc, flat. Not like this world, you know, fucking flat earth idiots. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, actually flat. Uh, it is on the back of four elephants, which is on the back of a flying turtle that is flying through space. It is a magical realm. Uh, this particular novel has to do with, um, uh, uh, what the hell is his name? <laughs> Greg, I'm a uh, uh, the Watch. Yeah. Anyways, the the City Watch. Oh, uh, Vimes. Uh, you know what? I was gonna say Vimes. I'm like, no, that's the guy from The Simpsons, Frank Vimes. Uh, idiot. Uh, <laughs> the other idiot thing is that he's like my favorite character of these worlds, of these books. Uh, the interesting thing about Discworld is that. Uh, there's like 30 some odd books and they can all focus on different characters within this world but they'll check in with uh, characters from time to time and usually my favorite ones are the ones that involve the watch, the city watch, the coppers if you will. Uh, this book all has to do with uh, rising tensions between 
uh, the trolls and the dwarves, which is kind of fascinating from the point of view of what's happening in the actual real world. Uh, the tension building between, let's say, African Americans and cops, uh, just as a sort of example, and how the cops are handling it, and they could probably learn to uh, take a little advice from the City Watch here, just in terms of uh, it's not uh, like one of a, a, a Commander Vimes's. Uh, main things is not randomly just killing people, <laughs> I guess for lack of a better term. Uh, he'll, despite being good at violence, will go in with a not violent approach first. And then when violence inevitably happens, he'll kick some ass, which is uh, why these books are good. <laughs> like, you wouldn't want to mess with this guy. He's always honest and truthful and... Uh, but he's flawed, very, very flawed as well. So that's what makes all of the characters in a Discworld novel great, really, is that probably, uh, like, when you look at characters that are flawed, uh, it's probably mostly not flawed. Yeah, okay, let, let me throw this sentence out and then we'll end our talk on uh, Thud. Uh uh, how do I say this? Basically, if your character is not flawed, you're, he's one-dimensional, he or she is one-dimensional, and your book will not be good. Your, your, your whatever not, will not be good. Your movie, your TV, your video game. One-dimensional characters are boring, flat, and not good. If you add a flawed character, it makes it better. Uh, quite often, they will be more good than they are flawed, in a ratio of say twenty percent, they're 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 eighty percent good and one dimensional with twenty percent flawed. That will make your thing better. Uh, what Terry Pratchett does is, Jesus, I'd go almost fifty fifty, and maybe sometimes verging into more than that, where the character is fifty percent flawed and fifty percent good. Just like I would argue a lot of. In fact, probably most human beings actually factually are, which makes the characters in his books so much more believable, uh, which is incredible in a fantasy setting. So uh, a cop, a copper, as they say in the book, who is in a giant city which has dwarves and trolls and vampires and Igors and all sorts of crazy shit going down is a more believable character somehow, some way than just someone from Law and Order. It's really incredible what Terry Pratchett was able to accomplish in all of these books, and I love him. Just period. Five out of five, six out of five for Terry Pratchett books. Damn it. Today's game Gabin sponsor is Free Range Slime. Okay, I got sort of a, a different one. Uh, can't really think of a game I've played like this before, although there are probably many of them that exist. We're talking Stardew Valley. 
Uh, this is the game that popped onto my radar a while back, like months ago. Uh, if you listened to last episode, last couple episodes, you will know that during the Steam Summer Sale, I picked up a shit ton of games. This being one of them, probably wouldn't have purchased this game at full price, to be honest, because despite hearing so many good things about it, uh, the gameplay doesn't seem to be... I should say, didn't seem to be something that would be up my alley, per se. Uh, and this is, at its core, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, a farming-type game. Uh, you, like a, a Harvest Moon, like a... Jeez, uh, what are some of the other ones? Um, see, I don't even know, because these are not the type of games that I normally look for to play. Uh, so when this one came along uh, and I decided to give it a go, uh, I've been pleasantly surprised in my first weekend of playthrough. Uh, sh- yeah, uh, very, very surprising. And I and I think the sort of main thing is that it's not just boring. Not that it necessarily is boring. It's not just boring uh, farming and management of crops. There's There's quite a lot of other things going on. Uh, let me explain a little bit of it just to give you a basic idea uh you inherit a farm from a grandfather i guess it is uh so he dies uh you move in it's a little run down nothing's planted there's sort of trees and shit everywhere uh so you're starting from scratch but less than scratch a little bit because everything's sort of run down uh there's a town nearby Uh, You sort of go to town, introduce yourself to people, you can purchase things from people, maybe they'll give you a quest, maybe they'll uh, help you with things, maybe you'll help them with things. Uh, There's another sort of underlying story of a a big, like, supermarket chain moves into this small town, Uh, so then the guy who's running the little shop is having trouble, you can choose who to side with. Obviously, you're going to choose to side with the little guy, right? Not the Walmart, which is kind of a healthy type person. Uh, there, there's other sort of rundown things in the... Uh, there's a rundown town hall that you can do quests and sort of collect things to help build up again. Again, you're, you're making that decision. Should I help the town? Should I help the, the Walmart? I'm, I'm just calling it a Walmart. It's called something else. The Walmart uh, buy the town hall, tear it down for more stores, that, that sort of thing. Uh, then there's a whole level of uh, dungeon crawling, which is pretty incredible. Like, I wasn't expecting a game like this to have it. Uh, basically, you go into a dungeon, there is a shit ton of levels. You just go down and down and down. And that's one of the sort of main goals, is how, how far down can you get. Uh, one of the problems of going down, despite uh, including the sort of monsters that will try to kill you, of course, is the fact that uh, there is a very strong uh, uh, timeline of things. Uh, not only are you moving through time in terms of seasons, although I'm still in spring, but but I know it goes spring, summer, like you actually have the seasons in the game, but each and every day is passing. passing you're, you are passing through time. I, I forget what the exact sort of ratio is, but... It's like a minute is a is an hour or, or something like that. So when it reaches you know midnight, you start to feel tired. And if you are still out and about at two o'clock in the morning, you wherever you are, you just sort of pass out. <laughs> you pass out and wake up in your bed at home, 
and because that's not what you're supposed to do, you're supposed to make it home in time to go to bed, uh, they charge you. Uh, the townspeople who brought you back to your home charge you for bringing your drunk ass home, it almost feels like, and putting you in bed. Um, I'm not doing good with the timer today. That's that's pausing every time. Uh, so far, having great enjoyment. Uh, we'll probably talk more about it in next episode because uh, today... I plan to play a lot. Uh, in fact, as soon as I'm done this, I plan to start playing. And again, Mrs. is away, so I will play a lot. That's what I do. That's what I do. Play video games more when she's away, which is impressive. Uh, Rating-wise, so far, um, you know, it's good. Three, four out of five. Like, uh, I am enjoying it. Uh, I'm curious what's in the sewers. Uh, I think this is the type of game that... Uh, I'll reach a point, and I may be getting close now, where uh, you'll need to check a wiki, uh, which I've already uh, uh, I've, uh, bookmarked on my phone, so I can check it. Because you'll, you'll, I think you'll reach a point where you won't be sure what to do next, uh, unless you want to be the type of person who goes around uh, asking every single townsperson, going everywhere on the map, and clicking on things, which. Uh, is an option. That's what you would do in old school times, but because I'm an old man, I don't got time for that. Because I'm an old man, I probably shouldn't be playing this game at all. Internet Intercourse sponsor is Internet Hatred, powering the World Wide Web since 1989. Thank you, sponsorship. Okay, uh, first item is why do people hate PewDiePie? Uh, this is interesting in that I was going to talk about other stuff. Huh, shit. I've just realized that uh, I was sort of partially, mostly finished writing the episode description for episode 370. This is... I just this is this is episode 369. If you didn't know, uh, and I also have PewDiePie stuff in that episode as well. So should I double PewDiePie it? Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, basically, uh, and we'll possibly talk about this more in depth next time. Is that seemingly a lot of people hate PewDiePie, which makes a sort of sense in the sense that. He's the most popular YouTuber, and whenever you're the most popular something that is going to get people not liking you, primarily, presumably, out of jealousy, uh, I think, and maybe we'll just say this and leave it at that, and then we'll talk more about it next time, is that I think possibly it's starting to get to him a little bit, and that's a shame. Like, he made this video, Why Do People Hate PewDiePie? Uh, and he is PewDiePie, <laughs> so uh, he's obviously not ignoring the hatred to make a video like this, uh, and that makes me sad, because uh, I like him, he seems to be an actual, factual, nice person, he seems to be uh, an, a, a funny person, a person who uh, I would not mind spending time with, so uh, the fact that internet hatred is getting to him uh, seemingly. M maybe I'm uh, not 
I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, so maybe I'm uh, I'm misinterpreting, but uh, I just hope it's not because it's hard. It's probably hard not to. Like if I was as famous as him, and had thousands of people saying they hated me, I don't know how I would react. To be honest, like there's a part of my brain that would say, eh, "What do I care what they think?" But is that that's people probably say that, and then you end up do caring what they think. So. I don't know. Uh, next time, maybe we'll talk about it a bit more because he posted some other things. So, uh, okay, Pokemon Go viralness. I have written here. Yeah, this is pretty incredible. Uh, something I realized about this uh, is just the fact that because I record these podcasts uh, beforehand by quite a bit, uh, <laughs> I'm talking about Pokemon Go. Uh, it's going to post, like I'm talking about it right when it's really sort of exploding, but this episode's not going to post for like a month and change because I'm so far ahead in terms of recording, and that is probably dumb. The fact that I'm even mentioning it is not something a professional podcaster does. I am not professional. I don't know how many times I have to say this. I'm not professional. Uh, quite often they will pretend that the day that the episode is posting is the day that it actually is, professional podcasters. I, I, I don't bother with that, and maybe that is not smart. Like, I'll tell you right now, it is uh, July 17th that I am recording this at 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and this is not going to post until, like, August, late August, I think. I'm pretty sure. So, you know. What the hell? Why am I doing that? I don't know. But that's just how I go. And so does Pokemon Go. Uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Uh, I uh, A guy at my work uh, had downloaded it. We were talking about it a bit. And one of the things is that I was not a Pokemon guy. Like, uh, if I was... Like, I'm 35. I think if I was 34, 33, 32... Uh, anywhere in that age or younger, of course, uh, I would have been right on board with this whole Pokemon thing. It's just I missed it by a little bit, so it didn't sort of grab me like it did uh, other slightly younger people. Uh, that being said, uh, I know a lot about Pokemon. Uh, like I, I've, I have watched a fair number of episodes of the the old TV show. Uh, I even uh, tried to download this. It's not yet available in Canada. So, like, I understand it on many levels. Uh, it's just I'm not sort of diehard Pokemon guy that, uh, that a lot of people are. Uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible what's happening. Uh, and, you know, I like it. I like it. Because it's uh, nerdishness uh, sort of brought forth to the light, which is always good. Okay, uh, so what are my other things? In a nutshell, uh, okay, so that's a new uh, YouTube channel that, as you've heard, the timer's gone off. Uh, In a nutshell is a new channel that I have just added to my repertoire. Uh, so, probably talk about that later. Uh, How Tall Discussion Series, excuse me, uh, How Tall Discussion Series just did one on drought. Uh, that's a podcast hosted by Moshi Kasher. Uh, this was an interesting one. Uh, just to get a perspective on sort of world drought. Uh, if you listen to podcasts quite often, they are in uh, California, recorded in California, because that's where a lot of famous people are. 
uh, and quite often they speak of the drought uh, because apparently it's really bad there. Um, so it was interesting to hear that uh, this is a problem that is affecting the world. Uh, being a Canadian, uh, like Canada has more fresh water, I think, than any other country in the world. So this has never really been a problem that I have thought of or felt. So to listen to this podcast was, was quite interesting. Uh, it's, and also funny because they mix interesting, insightful, scientific y stuff with comedy, which is just what everyone should do. Uh, last week we have Steve Agee's podcast, uh, and that is the name of the podcast, uh, U H H H, three H's, uh, with guests, oh yeah, uh, Michael Rosenbaum. This was a pleasant surprise. Uh, may not recognize the name Michael Rosenbaum. If you watch the television show Smallville, though, you will know him as Lex Luthor. <laughs> Luthor. Luthor Rigno. Oh, boy. I, I should really just... This is derailing already, so I should just stop. But I'm not going to, because I don't know when to quit. Obviously. This is almost 370 episodes of a podcast that no one listens to. Obviously, I don't know when to stop. Anyways, uh, the pleasant surprise was, uh, despite the fact of liking him as Lex Luthor, didn't really know anything about him, just assumed he was just some actor dude. Uh, but, after listening to this podcast, I can verify for you that he's a real cool, funny, uh, interesting man. Uh, so, it was nice to have a sort of pleasant surprise, uh, a person I knew nothing about. And then listening to them on a talk for an hour on a podcast and realizing, hey, you know what? If I see this person in the future do something, because I now know that uh, I would not only like them, but they are funny and cool and nice and uh, just a, a underlying sort of cool dude. Oh boy. Uh, maybe I'll uh, keep my eyes peeled for him a little more than I currently am. So uh, that's one of the, the beauties of a podcast. It sort of opens your eyes to new experiences. I now know about droughts a bit more, and I now know about Michael Rosenbaum a bit more. Terrific. Folks, that's all we got for today. Except for, to say, the thing that I say at the end of every podcast, which is, it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Nah, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet 
The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come Live long and prosper.